When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop step. Off the line of scrimmage. Police off the line of scrimmage. Dick to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. Watch him just slow play this off the line of scrimmage. All the release off the line of scrimmage. Yo, what's going on, people? It is another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 104. The last yeah. one in the Jeezy series. Yeah, the very last one, you know, the the low week of Super Bowl, but we do got Senior Bowl, and I mean, we got a bunch of news that has happened during the course of this last week. Ike, the other host of the show, how you doing? How you feeling? What's good? Man, none much, none much. It's going to be a dead week. Unfortunately, you know, this is probably the first week in a while where we're not going to have any American professional tackle football until the Super Bowl. So it's going to be a, uh, I mean, now we'll, we'll, obviously you mentioned the senior bowl is going to, we'll, we'll talk about the senior bowl here in a little bit. And that, that could potentially, you know, hold us as like an appetizer for, you know, any kind of football um, for, for next week, but yeah, down period, but we did see some really, really good games this last weekend, Detroit and San Francisco and Baltimore, Kansas city, both one score games, kind of how we figured out, kind of how we figured it's going to play out. You know, I mean, I, the Lions were six-point underdogs, but they gave the 49ers everything they could handle until they choked away the second half. Mm-hmm. And and then and then the Ravens Chiefs game, you know, the Ravens shot themselves in the foot time and time and time again. They were just completely unserious throughout the course of the game, <laughs> whether it was boneheaded penalties or just completely abandoning, completely abandoning what got them there in the first place. You know, Todd Munkin was 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 on PCP or something, calling his oh. plays because it was it was. You know, I, I saw I saw a tweet from uh, from Ian Harditz, uh, you know, a couple of days ago or several several days ago, and he he went through all the the running back rushes for the Ravens all eighteen weeks prior, you know, prior to the AFC AFC Championship game, and I, I don't think they had any any less than fifteen, and we saw a high of like maybe twenty five or thirty. In the AFC Championship game, they had six. Six running back carries total. Six. And after what we saw last week, the, the prior week, when Buffalo, they had some success running the ball, and we were thinking, oh, man, Baltimore's going to have a, a really, really easy time running the ball. They didn't. They just completely abandoned it. Now, obviously, you want to put the ball in your best player's hands, Lamar Jackson, because he's, he, you know, he's basically going to win the MVP this year, and he makes a lot of plays, but... They run the ball a lot, and that's what got them here. And they just completely went away from that. So that was that was the most confusing part about the game for me on the Ravens side. But the Chiefs side, it was it was Mahomes, Kelsey, doing their thing as they usually do. They're they're the second most prolific duo in NFL playoff history, or maybe the most prolific duo in NFL playoff history. And Mahomes is basically kind of just starting his career. He's only six years in. Or has already made the the Super Bowl four times. Which is insane, which is insane to really think about it. And he's been underdogs, you know, each of the last two weeks. 
So keep see, keep betting against Mahomes in the playoffs, and this is the result you're gonna get. He's gonna keep going to Super Bowls. Yeah, it was um, you know that going back to the Baltimore game, I was just it was bewildering that um, that they just didn't run the ball at all, bro. Like Lamar, what Lamar had what two design runs? Mm. He he didn't really look to scramble much. Um, wide receivers couldn't really get open. Uh, I I know I did see Odell. There was a couple of times where. You know, he's flashing open and then Lamar just didn't even dare to look at him. It wasn't until but the the last couple with the last two drives in the fourth quarter where he started actually targeting him. Um, yeah, I don't know. They just they just I don't know, man. I don't know. It just didn't it just didn't make sense to me at all what what Todd Munkin was was thinking about. I know, you know, that the Kansas City defense has been playing crazy. I mean, this was another, what, nine in a row where they've held the opponent in the second half with 10 or less points. Three but, points, this one. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't figure out anything, like anything to help your defense. I mean, even their defense held Kansas City in the second half, but, I mean, it was really just kind of ball control with, with KC, and that's specifically in that second half. But I, I think they knew that Baltimore didn't really – didn't really challenge them in the, uh, specifically in the second half in terms of moving the ball at all. So that, uh, there you go. And then and the Detroit and San Francisco game, my goodness. I mean, <laughs> people are going to come, people are going to quickly point to, you know, Dan Campbell going forward on fourth down. But I mean, if you look at analytics, it was the right thing to do. I don't blame him at all. Like his kicker was what barely 60% kicking field goals over 50 yards. So what are you going to do? You're going to keep the ball in your, in your guy that's, that ball down the first half hands and they've had drops. I mean, Josh, well, how many times did we see Josh uh, Reynolds drop, drop easy first down completions. He dropped the fourth down. Like yep. there's small things here and there that could have kept drives going. Could have, you know, kept them in the game that just didn't happen. It just had, you know, just timely misses. And then Brock Purdy on the other side, he, I mean, he, when they needed a play in the second half, he, he was able to make it specifically with his, with his legs, but, you know, just they just flipped the switch in the second half. It was crazy to see. Yeah, yeah, and that that was that was basically the kind of kind of the difference. The the lines they went up and down the field against the 49ers defense. That yeah. that's that's abundantly clear. They did whatever they wanted. It was just the fourth fourth downs that they that they missed on. And people can criticize them all they want, but at the end of the day, those were like you mentioned. Those were very makeable fourth downs. You can talk about, oh, you should have tied the game. You should have done this. You should have done that. It's only a bad idea if it doesn't work, mm. right? It's only about it, it, everybody's an expert after the fact. But those mm. were, you know, and, and and people who hate analytics, they're gonna just see. They're gonna they're gonna go full. I told you so. I told you it was a bad idea. I told you you should have kicked the field goal. But if if you know Josh Reynolds squeezes the ball one of those two times. We're probably having a different conversation right now, right? We'll probably have a different conversation. They go up three scores potentially, and then we don't even know like what what the 49ers would have done um, from a comeback standpoint. But Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey still, you know, doing his thing, high usage, another 20 touch game, all, you know, multiple touchdowns. He continues to be that en- that engine of that offense. What makes that offense go? We can talk about Brock Purdy's. You know, doing doing you know having fifty plus yards rushing um, with his legs, but Christian McCaffrey was was the, was the you know the the engine that was making that offense go. 
Yeah. And and that and that and that whole entire offense, I mean, they're just they're just littered with all stars, right? These people Samuel came back and he had no limit he had no limitations, no restrictions. He was the leading receiver. He he you know, he had, you know, north of a thirty percent target share. So Brock Purdy was was finding Debo Samuel pretty late. I think I think in the second half he had like six catches for almost seventy yards just in the second half alone. So he was definitely he was definitely moving the chains. And you know, there's gonna be one guy that's just, you know, gonna be an odd man out. And then it was George Kittle. George Kittle had two catches, but he had one pretty important one where he had um, you know, I think it was like a twenty five yard catch. Um, that that helped spark spark some of that comeback, but yeah, um, two good games. Saw two good games this weekend, and this is this is a Super Bowl that a lot of people kind of kind of penciled in, initially penciled in, and at the same time, a lot of uh, Super Bowl that a lot of people were dreading for various reasons, <laughs> for various reasons. But for me, I mean, I, I I don't really I don't really care. I mean, I, I like I, I I like this matchup. And obviously, I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs. For you know, there's there's many reasons why I'm rooting for the Chiefs, but I, I want the Chiefs to to definitely win this game. But um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a really really good one, and so it's going to be a fun matchup. And we'll talk about we'll talk about a we'll we'll talk about the matchup a little bit you know a little bit later. But yeah, two good games this weekend for sure. Yeah. Any news you want to talk about? We had a bunch of uh, you know coaching movement that happened. We had a and then, you know of course we had Jerry open his big fat mouth and say some say some stuff too. So I think the first one that really caught my eye was, you know, the rumor of uh the Raiders possibly trading for Russ, Russell Wilson. I, I don't know how much that how much truth there is to that because why would why would the Broncos want to do business within their own division? Uh but we know that Sean Payton doesn't really care for Russ, Russell Wilson and I know they would want to get out that contract. But again, I don't know sure why why the the Broncos would do business with the Raiders. Uh, it's actually on the other side. Like, why would the Raiders want to trade for Russell Wilson? <laughs> what, things, what things would that make? Like, they have the number. They have a top ten pick, and they're they're in, they're in, they're in prime position to get a quarterback. Why would they want to trade for? Why would they want to trade for one that's super expensive? That we have a lot of questions about. Now, I I thought Russell Wilson wasn't that bad this past year, but he's older. He's on the older side. He's like thirty five, and. You know he's he has he has question marks and his salary is really really high. Why would you want to do that? That doesn't make any sense for the Raiders' perspective. I get why the Broncos would want to dump him, especially if they just want to do a, a complete refresh and want to start over and start from scratch. I get it, but we need to be we need to be thinking about like what the Raiders would be thinking about. Like why would they even entertain the possibility <laughs> of doing that? That's Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe uh. No, um, they think they're a quarterback away from really doing something because of how well that defense was after they made the change uh, from from uh, Josh McDaniels. But mm, I have no clue. Um, Philly, interesting what they did with their DC and OC. We got a familiar face with Kellen Moore as their OC and uh, Vic Bangio as their defensive coordinator, which is should be kind of seamless because. The Eagles kind of like their tutelage is kind of from the, you know, the tree of Vangio. So in terms of what they run is kind of should be seamless in terms of what they want to do on defense. But Kellen Moore as OC, what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, I mean, maybe maybe they'll have answers for the blitz. 
because if there's one if there's one criticism that the that that the Eagles offense had last year is with that that they had no answers for the blitz. Um and every every time a defense sends, you know, more than five, Jalen Hurst is running out of the pocket, trying to throw a deep pass or just throwing it out of bounds. Like they had zero they didn't have any blitz beaters. And at least with Kellen Moore's offenses, they're they're a lot more pass heavy and there's a lot of more there's a lot of concepts that are more quarterback friendly. So we'll see. We'll see. Um now can they can can they run an efficient offense like they did in Dallas? You know, the, all those years when they were the number one offense in the league, that remains to be seen. But you, we're talking about Philadelphia. There's also rumors about a potential AJ Brown trade. Did you see anything about that? I didn't see that, but I heard the the interview he had with uh, what's her name on uh, Fanduel. Um, I cannot think of her name, but your your girl. Uh, I can't. I don't know why I can't think of her name. That used to be on the NFL Network. But yeah, she asked him about it. And he was just was kind of grinning, is like, "Hey, if I'm, it, I'll be waiting by the phone. If if I do, if that's really true. But if not, I'll be here. So I don't know what to think about it. You saw the Slim Reaper. He kind of leaned back in his chair a little bit uh, when she asked him that. So I don't know, man. I don't honestly. I'm not sure why you would want to get why you want to leave that situation. He he had 104 catches, 1400 yards. Like why? Why would I be leaving? I'm the number one, and you're getting. I mean, you're getting paid. You got you got the money that you you look for whenever you left the Titans for the Eagles. So yeah, mm-hmm. and that's and this is back to back years of 1400 yards, 1400 plus yards for AJ Brown, career years in Philadelphia. So yeah, I think it'd be pretty silly for him to leave, but we'll see. We'll, we'll I mean, crazy things have happened um, in in, yep. in the off seasons. Last couple of off seasons have been kind of chaotic. I know the 2022 offseason was pretty was was one of the most chaotic offseasons we've ever seen because we saw so many trades, so many big time players being traded. This doesn't seem like it's gonna you know mirror that, but again, crazier things have happened. And speaking of crazy, the Pittsburgh Steelers are crazy for hiring wow. Arthur Smith as their offensive coordinator. They're they are absolutely batshit crazy for doing that. Like what another another set of promising weapons that Arthur Smith is just gonna misuse. We're gonna see a lot of we're gonna see a lot of Calvin Austin. We're gonna see a lot more of Darnell Washington. <laughs> Hell, I mean, we're gonna see Miles Boykin. Uh, you know, we're gonna see a lot on, of those man. third receivers in, in 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 this rotation. And Deontay Johnson and George Pickens won't get the the shine that they deserve. Now I'll push back on this a little bit because there was that one year where he was the OC at Tennessee, where he had Corey Corey Davis and AJ Brown over a thousand yards that one year. Uh, I can't remember if it was 2021 or 2020. One of them years, they both they both shined. You know, you had Derrick Henry was the guy. Um, they didn't really use the tight end, but those three those three players were 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 used and used as you know expected. So, you know, Arthur Smith might be one of those guys where he just you know head coaching is you know kind of like over his skis a little bit. Maybe he's better versed as an OC. So and and. He, he. I mean, he kind of fits the Steeler mold of what they want to do on offense. I know we like the weapons that they have on the outside, but maybe Mike Tomlin doesn't want to throw the ball a lot. That, that I mean, that could be something that nobody's really talking about. So they don't have a quarterback. But, they don't have a really they yeah, don't really have a quarterback. I was about to say that too. It doesn't even really matter if they can't fix a quarterback situation. So yeah, that, I mean, that's that's a fair point, but. We're we're looking at another potential situation where it's it's not really it's not good for anybody until we actually see this in practice, right? I mean, 
on paper, it's not a good. It's not a good thing. It's not a good hire for them, especially <laughs> given the weapons that they have on offense. Now, to your point, we'll probably see a lot of running. So maybe this is a you know a you know a stock up for Najee Harris, a potential stock up for for Jalen Warren. So I mean that that's that's basically it. But for the entire offense as a whole, mm, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't All know. right, Ben Johnson. He's staying. He said, I ain't leaving. He said, we got unfinished business. My heart's in Detroit, man. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's a good move. I mean, they're they're close, right? They're close. I know Dan Campbell after the game said, hey, we may not even get back here. You know what? I applaud his honesty for that because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it, it, it's something that you, it's frowned upon to say like right after the game in the middle, you know, when everybody's still emotional and the wound is still fresh and you pile that on, right? It's It's not ideal. But it, it's truth. It's the truth, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people make championship games and never come back, right? And they never they make a championship game and they never they never go back. The Lions they went to this is the first one they've been in since 1991, so they've 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 had a long long drought. Now, given the direction that this current Detroit Lions franchise is going, I don't know that I know I I highly doubt they're going to wait another 30 years before they go back to another one. Um, especially with Dan Campbell there and, and, and the offense that they have and Jameer Gibbs and Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta. Like, they have a nice young nucleus that they can build on, you know, and build with. So I think within the next couple of years, we may see the Lions back to, in, in the NFC Championship game or at least close or be, yeah. or be, or be right in the mix. And so yeah. this is a good move for retaining uh, for, for, ben, for Ben Johnson to stay in Detroit. Yeah, I salute him. Maybe he's waiting on a better situation next year, i.e. Philly or Dallas. Um, but Detroit, I mean, it's real what Dan Campbell said, because, yeah, you might not be back. So, you know, it's kind of real for him to say that. But Detroit do have some housekeeping that they got to take care of first before anything else. You know, Goff's contract is coming. Amon Ross' contract is coming. Penny Sewell's contract is coming. Tyler Decker's contract is coming. So those are like literally your biggest you know your biggest pieces on your team and you got to pay them all almost basically at the same time so it yep. should be interesting to see what happens there i'm sure we'll get in an episode talking about you know free agents and uh and whatnot in in future podcasts so should yep. be interesting all any right other any other notes news no i mean nothing really just uh want <laughs> to i want to update um on underdog fantasy don't know if you have any updates gene yeah, uh, my team got didn't make it. That's my update. They, I, I <laughs> the first place team had Mahomes, Kelsey, Amon Ra. I believe he had C, uh, CMC or Pacheco, one of them, and then he had I think Rashi Rice on top of that. So pretty much all the big hitters from the uh, conference championship weeks, he had them on his roster. So yeah. that was that. I'll take my forty dollars and reinvest it. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe some underdog pickums or something. Basically. Yeah, uh, I I had one team make it through to the final on the mitten four, so um, you know we're 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 excited about that. I came very close to making it in the gauntlet, the original gauntlet. Um, you know the interesting thing before I get to the mitten four team, my gauntlet team was it was very similar to the the, the guy who beat me out. He beat me out mm. by ten points. He he basically had the, almost the exact same team that I had, except the only difference that he had. So he had Mahomes, Isaiah Pacheco, David Montgomery, 
I had this, you know, the same, the same three. And but but then I also had Rashi Rice, I had Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta. He had Travis Kelsey and Debo Samuel. So on paper, it looks like, you know, based on how the Lions offense is, they're gonna run the offense through, you know, especially in the passing game. Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta are gonna get get their looks. But they fell short and Debo Samuel and Travis Kelsey ended up outscoring them. So that's that was the difference in in that gauntlet. Um, and that for, uh, for that, for that roster. And so, um, uh, very, very close, but no cigar, no cigar. Now, however, on the mitten four team, um, I, I do, ha- I do feel really, really good about this team, about this roster. I had, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, and Rashi Rice. So I had oh, basically, I had, I had basically all the prominent play. And then, oh yeah. And then this, this past week I had Jamison Williams as well. James Williams had two two touchdowns, so he really helped me um, get through. But as we said from the from the beginning, when we started talking about playoff best ball, the the idea and the objective is to have five alive for the Super Bowl. I have yep. five alive for the Super Bowl, and I have the most prominent five alive for the Super Bowl with Mahomes, Kelsey, Rice, Pacheco, and then Christian McCaffrey on the 49er side. Now, the one thing about that is whenever I was perusing on Twitter to see you know any any news about the mitten four anybody else that wanted to i wanted to see other people's rosters to kind of see if they made the final i stumbled across another user's roster he has the exact same five players that i do Mm. in the mitten four final um so not happy about that (laughs) (laughs) um so and but the but the, the caveat with that is he has a couple of ancillary pieces for the 49ers and the Chiefs, he has Jawan Jennings and Justin Watson. Oh, so, man. so if Justin Watson or Jawan Jennings decides to, you know, Do to anything. go ham and and outscore any of those guys, then you know he'll obviously be, you know, um, ahead of me. But mm-hmm. in any event, I still like the roster. I still like the squad. Um, and hopefully, we finish finish in the in the top half of the money. Yeah, I think it's going to be two. Uh, 70 270 total people i believe so or i want to at least finish in the top you know top 10 percent or something like that uh i'll take that you know with that squad yeah that's what i mean it's a nice squad man it's it's a nice squad but it should be interesting to see when you when they release who like who all made the final you know kind of looking through the roster to see what they look like see if anybody had like a full roster of players which would be really wild if you see something like that, you you have to start looking at who did they draft against. It could have been a a, ro- a room full of the same the same players just on multiple devices. <laughs> yeah, the the one thing about playoff best ball this year was that the the Kansas City Chiefs they were pretty easy to stack. Like they were yeah. really they were the, they were the cheapest stack. Um, out, uh, aside from Dallas, Dallas was was a really really cheap stack, but. Yeah, Kansas City, you could have you could have stacked them with anybody, right? You could have stacked them with anyone. Mm-hmm. Like if you could have had, let's say you started your team with, with Christian McCaffrey like I did. I just went I went all Kansas City Chiefs around them. Because, you know, that was one of the scenarios in one of your hypothetical Super Bowls, Chiefs 49ers, right? I, I know there's there were times where I set up Chiefs Lions or Ravens Lions or Ravens 49ers. Like you just ha- you just kind of have to mix and match and, and see which one hits. And this one hit and hopefully it hits in a big way. We'll see. Yep. All right. Senior Bowl. I know it's something that, you know, destination that we got boots on the ground and mobile for that one. 
Uh, I've kind of started, you know, looking at some film on, on some of these wide receivers. Uh, so, you know, we want I just want to, you know, touch on real quick on some players that, you know, me or you might be interested in and in seeing how they come out, out of Mobile this week. So I'll start off. The first player that I was really interested in and intrigued by was uh, Xavier Leggett, wide receiver for South Carolina. Um, you know, first reason was because he he's a fifth year uh, senior. He spent basically his every year besides this last one pretty much just doing special teams and you know spot spot here and there on uh, playing wide receiver. But this fifth season, he he showed up and showed out in a big way. Uh, very physical, fast. You know, very good at contested catches. Kind of reminded me, kind of like Dez when he was at Oklahoma State in terms of how he goes up and you know and gets the ball and you know it's his and then nobody else's. Uh, but the one thing that that hopefully he can show that he struggled with when you know watching film was he struggled to get open specifically in man coverage, uh, primarily in the games against Georgia and uh, Clemson. Like he just couldn't get open at all. It was kind of kind of crazy because of you know how physically. You know, built he is and how physical he is. He just he couldn't beat press at all. Just couldn't get open. So yeah. that's the first player I'm intrigued by. I know in early reports at Mobile is just kind of kind of meh. So hopefully he can do something. Cause I know a lot of people they see him, they just automatically go to Debo, uh, DK Metcalf because of you know just how you know physically built he is um, as a player. So who's who's somebody you're looking at? Um couple players one player um you know it's kind of a kind of a polarizing figure i would say a little bit bo nicks quarterback for from from oregon you know i'm kind of intrigued to see like how his um you know how he would parlay his 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 season this past year in oregon to to you know to the nfl draft process and how he would you know fare in the senior bowl and the entire draft process up until april this you know today didn't have the best you know, didn't have hasn't had glowing reviews so far <laughs> through through two two days of uh, senior bowl practices. hasn't had um, the the most glowing reviews. I know he's missed some throws. You know, he's I know he's made he, he made some plays earlier. He had some off some off platform throws, but kind of inconsistent. Kind of you know, kind of up and down so far. I really want to get to the game to see like how he really fares. I mean, he's played a lot of college football, even back going 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 back to Auburn, had a kind of an up and down career there, and then made a you know had a, had a little bit of a resurgence in Oregon. So uh, I'm kind of curious to see like how he kind of how he fares um, in the Senior Bowl and, and and during the game, and then and then one guy that's you know kind of rising up the ranks, probably considered the best, one of the best receivers. On, you know, in Mobile so far is Lad McConkey from Georgia, just been routing folks up all week, all week long, mm-hmm. uh, getting in, getting in and out of his, getting in and out of his breaks, you know, breaking folks down. Like he's gonna be a fun, you know, phenomenal pro, I think. Just you know, he, he just has he just has that look, uh, you know, about him. Just he he can he'll he'll be like a slot merchant. He can play on the outside too, but he's gonna be you know just just doing damage. I'm in the slot and just and just just routing folks up um, on a regular basis. So those are two guys that I kind of looked at and um, and pretty intrigued by. Yeah, and the other person I was intrigued by was the other wide receiver. Go figure. That's uh, making noise in Mobile. Like Roman Wilson. He uh, uncoverable in, in, in Mobile. Everybody's been saying how he's just any type of release. He's just been destroying the corners, catching everything. He plays big. He has really good hands. Really good route runner. 
Didn't really have do much yak wise at Michigan overall, but a really solid player. I think somebody that can also, you know, destroy in the slide if if given the opportunity to. So uh he did show the ability to line up out wide, but I think I think him be better served as a, a guy that's in the slot because of you know the way that he can you know separate and 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 get open to to in in open space. So yeah. Super Bowl. I know we talked about in terms of, you know, next week we're going to do the big prop show. We're going to have, you know, we're going to have Brandon and we're going to have Jay Rich on. We talk anything Super Bowl. So, but we just wanted to, you know, kind of get an early preview in terms of, you know, what we think about what's going to happen again or our key points of, of, of the game and, you know, really, really save the meat and potatoes for, for next week for the big show. So, the Super Bowl right now, the odds, San Francisco, San Francisco is favored by two, 47 and a half point total. Um, I mean, at this point, there's <laughs> there's really nothing you can prepare. Each team can't really you can overly prepare, but you know what you're you know what you're expecting at this point for from each team is just really about executing. Yeah. Um the Chiefs, we already know the two guys are getting the ball is is Rice and Kelsey. Everybody else is almost they're just getting cardio. I mean, if you look at the the targets from during this postseason is like Kelsey and, and Rice at over 20, 20 targets and the next person's MVS at eight. And everybody knows how we feel about MVS, but somehow he shows up at the very end of the games, uh, the the shut down the studio for against the other team. So, you know, weird. you know, the, 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 the ironic thing about that is all season long where we've, you know, the if you go back to the Monday night football game. He dropped that big pass against the Eagles, mm-hmm. and then there was another. I think he had another drop against the against the Bills. Like he was the guy, yep. or no, he had he had a, he had a drop against the Packers, I believe. Um, I think it was against the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Basically, like he was, you know, just just a you know a laughing stock for how he how he continues to to have these blunders, these late game blunders, and how he drops the ball. And then he's the guy that's closing games. <laughs> he closed the game against the Bills. He closed the game against the Ravens. And you know, look, they they had him on the field more in this past this past game against the Ravens. I think his route participation was north of like ninety percent versus the Bills game where he was like in the fifties. Mm-hmm. So he he was he was on the field a lot more because they're starting to trust him a little bit more in the playoffs. So if you if you guys play some DFS um for the Super Bowl, MVS is gonna be really, really cheap. He can make some big plays. If you want to take a prop bet, take his over in yards because all any all he all it takes is one. All it takes is one. All it takes is one catch for him to to go over that yardage total. It's probably gonna be like fourteen and a half or something, or sixteen and a half, something small like that. He can get one of those, and boom, you'll hit the he'll you'll hit the number. But you know, to your point, another note about Rice and Kelsey. This past game against the, against the Ravens, you know, Kelsey had eleven targets, Rice had nine targets, and no other pass catcher had more than five. So that's that's pretty much in line with what we've seen this entire postseason uh, from that Chiefs passing game and. Why why should we expect that to be any different um in the Super Bowl? Why should we expect that to be any different? I don't think I don't think we're I don't think we're gonna expect any any, any difference um in that philosophy. No, I don't think so either. And I mean I would I assume one of the keys for the 49ers uh, against the Chiefs is shut down just to do whatever you need to do to shut down Kelsey, man, because as soon as the play said playoffs was, was here, he he found his hands again. Um, and he's just, I mean, we just saw him, what, 
break the postseason record for most uh, for most receptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's close for the touchdown. So 49ers f- figure out how to stop Kelsey, man. I don't know if you got to bracket him and just force the ball to go somewhere else or what. But if you stop him, uh, you have a pretty good chance on on stopping this offense, especially for a, a team that, I mean, you just seen in the playoffs, they've, all they've done is nickel and dime, no, not really any deep threats, uh, deep catches of any kind outside of the, the two that MVS caught. I mean, that was two of the eight they've, attempts that they've had. So, I mean, just figure out a way to stop Kelsey, honestly, for me, for the, uh, for the 49ers going against the, this Chiefs offense. Yeah, and then the 49ers side, I mean, there's a couple of things here at play. Number one, I have a lot of concerns with that secondary. The secondary, mm-hmm. they can they can they can be had. They can be had, especially if they don't get to Mahomes. And you need to pressure Mahomes and, and look, have him get rid of the ball a little bit quicker than he needs to. But they can't get to the quarterback. I mean, they have a bottom five, bottom five blitz rate. Um, and there was rumors about Chase Young potentially being benched because of his effort. You know, he's he's he hasn't shown he hasn't shown the you know the greatest effort out there, you know, each of the last couple of games. And so there's there's rumors of that happening. And the Chiefs, they they protect Mahomes, right? That they their 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 pass pro is 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 near the top of the league. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of factors to play because we saw the Lions move the ball up and down the field. We saw Green Bay kind of move the ball up and down the field um so far in this postseason. Um two 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 offenses that you know, we didn't think that would have much of a chance against the 49ers, but look what happened. 49ers are not too, they're not, they're not as invincible as, as a lot of people uh, make them out to be. And on top of that, that defense, especially their rush, their rush defense, who that they've been pretty stout most of the season, they've given up almost 200 yards in the two postseason games so far. I mean, the Lions, they, they, they ran it well. Aaron Jones and Green Bay, they ran it well. And, what you know, one thing Kansas City's been doing a you know a pretty good job of so far in this postseason is running the running the ball a lot with mm-hmm. Isaiah Pacheco, and they're running the ball with just one guy. They're not even they're not even mixing and matching um, or, or, or rotating running backs. They're just it's it's vast majority of it is, is Isaiah Pacheco. They may put in you know Clyde Edwards-Helaire for a, a play or two, and then it's back to Pacheco, and he runs angry. I mean, he runs he runs like a cartoon character, so you know he's going to be running just like that against the 49ers. So I, I think they're they're that defense is in for some interesting times to, to say the least, and we'll we'll go more in depth you know next week whenever we you know talk about our props and things of that nature. Um, but you know Patrick Mahomes doesn't have any turnover worthy plays. His his two point eight one time to throw is the fourth highest in the playoffs. Hasn't been sacked at all. So again, if they can't get to if they can't get to Mahomes, it's gonna be a long day for that 49ers defense. Yeah, it, it would be interesting if, if we see San Francisco send some blitzes because I know that's what they did in the second half of the Lions game. That they, they get pressure on on golf and it'd be interesting to see if they do that. Before we get up out of here, let's talk about at least one prop of each of us that we that we're kind of liking early. Uh, I'm gonna let you go first. Go ahead and talk about the prop that you're liking so far for the Super Bowl. Uh, so I think mine mine is relatively straightforward. Uh, is Patrick Mahomes pass attempts right now? I'm seeing it right now at a 37 and a half. It was initially at 36 and a half, so it's already gone up a full, you know, a full, mm-hmm. uh, full pass attempt. And I think it's. I anticipate it climbing to at least 38, 39 range by the time kickoff rolls around. But for me, the logic is pretty simple um, with this one. You know, Patrick Mahomes. You know, in in 17 playoff games, he's gone over this number 10 times. He's over in two of three Super Bowl appearances. So two times he's he's gone over this 37 and a half number, even 36 and a half number. He's gone over that. He's cleared that 
cleared both of those numbers. Um, and then in playoffs uh, this year, he's gone over that in two or three games. And in you know through you know throughout the entire 2023-2024 season, over in 11 games, over 37 and a half uh, pass attempts in 11 games, 11 out of 18 or 11 out of 19. How many games they've played so far? He's over that number. Um, now San Francisco. They've allowed quarterbacks to go over this number in eight games this year. That doesn't seem like a lot because of um, because they 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 play a lot of ball control. Um, they've been sitting on opponents, and they've you know basically have relegated a lot of opponents to you know to garbage time, um, things of that nature, and they've just drained the clock right. So it's not really too much time. It's, they dominate time of possession, um, but I don't see that happening in this game. But last week versus Detroit, Jared Goff had forty-one pass attempts. And it's a much more competitive game, you know, you know, more weapons, much better quarterback. But Patrick Mahomes over 37 and a half. That's my I've already locked that in. I locked that in earlier this week at 36 and a half. And I put that into like a, you know, a, a prop parlay on on on, under, on underdog for a four pick pick them on underdog. So, um, yeah, I anticipate this going close to 38, 30, 39 by the time kickoff rolls around. Yeah, I mean, I even took that that same number on prize picks on a, a five team uh, parlay. So at thirty six and a half, I thought it was super low because at that point there were already books that had it at at thirty seven and a half already. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, let me go ahead and smash. Let me go ahead and smash that. Uh, the the prop I have is also on the cheat side is Trent McDuffie under four and a half tackles and assists. Uh, both of those uh, the under on prize picks and underdog. Uh, if you look at Oh, all these sports books like Caesars, you know, BetMGM, DK, they all have these this number four and a half to the under juiced, heavily juiced. Um, even like Bet Rivers, ESPN Bet, um, was it Chalkboard? Like yeah, Fanduel, they took it down, but they also had a juice too. So uh, either if you got underdog or or Prize Picks, then I think that's somewhere you can go ahead and put early. Uh, Trent McDuffie and in the playoffs he's been under this number every game so far but in during the season he was over this number 11 to 17 games so kind of just riding the playoff streak right now so yeah that's that's what I'm looking liking so far so I might have to lock that in too <laughs> but that is the end of the show uh, make sure y'all tap in with us next week as we do our you know our big Super Bowl no, every anything prop show with with Jay Rich and and Brandon are other two guys that that like like anything gambling specifically on the Super Bowl because I mean the type of props that will be available to us next week are gonna be crazy so make sure you tap into that episode as we you know dive into that make sure y'all tap into you know destinationdevy.com where you can check out the Trinity tool you can check out the War tool you can. Check out the comparison tool for for college players as we're going through the week of senior ball. You can kind of see how how you know one player you might like, like Lab McConkey. You can compare him to you can compare him to somebody that's already in the league now, or you can compare him to somebody that's also coming out in this draft with them. So just get a, a good idea of on certain matrices how they compare to each other. Uh, so have fun with that. Also, make sure you tap into. Uh, the Destination Devi Twitter pages, you know, Jay Rich, uh, Scott Connor, and, and Ray G, as they, you know, go through uh, Senior Bowl weekend, they go and do interviews with certain players that you might be interested in for your rookie drafts um, and get their ideas of who they think they comp themselves to, uh, who's already in the league now. So, Ike, 
You got anything before we get up out of here? You got boots on the ground. Make sure you tune in, man. Tune in. It's really, really good stuff. Really good, really good information that they're gonna give us. And so, yeah, no, I mean, I don't have anything else. Um, it's been a long, it's been a long season. You can take a little bit of a break, and then we get we get to get it popping next week with the with the Super Bowl, Super Bowl props, and all things for the big game and the culmination of the 2023 season. Man, I didn't even talk about how I was going for the Chiefs also because of my brother that plays on the Chiefs. But, you know, it sucked that he tore his ACL, man, um, because he was balling. I mean, he He was was. the one that caused the fumble. Yeah, Uh, I think he's had eight or nine, you know, sacks in the 11 games that he played. So um, a really good season that he was that he had and was continuing to have until he tore his ACL. So. Go Chiefs for the Super Bowl. Uh, it would have been tough if if the, if it was the Cowboys. So um, yeah. I'm glad I didn't have to make that decision. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But on that note, we'll holler at y'all. Make sure you tap in with us next week. Peace out. Peace out.